Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, haha, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Jackson's bouncing and you can watch it on YouTube. It's nice. Do you notice uh, that I went back to the blue today? Yeah, well... Back on YouTube as always, right. and um, I got some complaints last night from some of the ladies up at Brio <laughs> that I uh, that I went away from the blue yesterday. Yeah, and oh. they tune in at ten oh four, right? And hope to see my baby blues brought out by whatever blue I'm wearing that day, and they felt like the black didn't accentuate these phenomenal eyes. Yeah. So I am bringing back full-on blue today for you, ladies. Yeah, after about three, maybe even four espresso martinis, you know, you can get a little loose with the lips, and they're probably letting you know. I think in the back of their minds, though, they want to see the baby blue on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then at Brio, they want to see the uh, the black Black oh outfit, really? You know? yeah, yeah. Interesting. So I change up the outfits. Yeah, I think yeah, blue during the day, and then you go to a, a darker tone in the nighttime. Maybe even a dark gray, like okay. a charcoal. Okay. Char- like charcoal that. looks really good. On I like that. Thank you very much. I like that. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, the Cardinals are coming. Tra la, tra la. The Cardinals are coming. Tra la, tra la. Another win last night, Jackson. Do you believe and do you consider me to be a wizard? for putting the wagers that I put in because I'm going to be paid handsomely come October when the Cardinals win the National League Central. Well, first of all, Tim, I think you're a wizard for many reasons. One of them just being the Cardinals uh, bet you made, but so many reasons. Too many to name. We're only have an hour. Um, and do I believe? Yeah, I believe. I mean, High why pitch. not? Notice Anybody notice the house? You see that? These are the reads we need to pick up when we're sitting at the table because I don't know what cards he has. I don't know. I can't see the cards. Sure, sure. But all I can do is try to pick up either a physical or vocal tell. And right there, right there, the, the octave got like like just like six higher. See, this, this Cardinal baseball season has been so cyclical. Uh, unfortunately, the cycles have been uh, poor, very poor. Usually the offense isn't hitting and the pitching's doing well, or the pitching's doing well and the offense is doing well. But right now, they actually are firing on all cylinders. Woot! Woot! And so, yeah, I think that... Do I think that they're like Steven Matz is going to do this every day? No. It's two straight starts, bruh. But yes, I mean, this is a guy who has been good in his career. There's a reason he got paid $11 million. Now, should the Cardinals have done it in retrospect? Probably not, but hindsight's twenty twenty. He has been good before, so it's not out of the realm of possibility to say he can string together two good starts. Hey, maybe even three or four. We'd love to see it. But if the starting pitching can be somewhat consistent, which relieves the bullpen a little bit in the Jack offense. Jack Flaherty on the mound today, friends. Is yeah. this his last Cardinal start? You can text in 314 399 I would say it's plus 
180, it's his final start, okay. minus 150. Setting the numbers. Minus 150, it isn't. Okay. That, that would be my, my number on that. But, you know, if the offense is clearly like, the offense has the talent to be this good. It's not surprising the offense is doing it. It's somewhat surprising the starting pitching has looked good over this past week and change, and it's somewhat surprising the bullpen has. But, hey, this is kind of the team that we all thought was going to be there at the beginning of the season. And so... It's just coming in July. The I'm end getting of July, multiple texts here in the Air Comfort Service text line asking, uh, I'll just read this one, but I've seen it now multiple times. Tim, did you hear the fast lane blame balloon party for every show being late yesterday happened during their last segment? Uh, that's from the 314. I think we have to hear that audio, do audio forensics, and maybe, just maybe, Jamie Rivers' music plays, and he comes storming in here and has you pinned up against the wall, and everybody can watch it on YouTube. Mike Ryder says he's grabbing the audio. Yes! That's, I guess uh, that Rivers has some nerve. God, I hope he's here. You know... I, I saw him a couple days ago, and I said, were you here earlier today? Because... Uh, Jackson was uh, saying, I don't even know what topic we said that you weren't scared. And he goes, where's Piddles? I, go, I assume he's in that little closet that they put him in. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> he goes, I seriously going to come in. He goes, but then at the same time, if I did pin him up against the wall, somebody would complain about it because they'd see it on YouTube and then it would turn into a whole thing. And I don't know if I really want to do that. I go, oh, yeah, that's probably a smart play. So we, th- we, we thought through how to handle Jay. And you look at it like, there's no way he's pinning you up that's, against the I, wall. That's what I'm saying. Now he's going to come in here and pin is, you up against like the wall. Is this like some YouTube debate? cancellation be damned. Yeah, I'm not like a rag doll, you know, 6'1". I'm not, I'm not no little guy here. You taking a shot? <laughs> no, just saying. You know, I'm not, I'm not some... Oh, now that you said just saying. <laughs> I'm not some shrimp. Like I, you taking a shot? <laughs> but, but like, yeah, there's some nerd to say that we're the reason all the shows relate. I'm yeah. just looking. It's like you're at a WWE event and you're like, I heard Stone Cold might be in the building tonight. You just wait. He knows hear better. that glass break. He knows better. I mean, he did say, I, I don't want you. He goes, I don't want to pin you up against the wall because I don't want you coming in with a hurt neck. And I said, maybe tomorrow I'll just come in in a neck brace just and say, <laughs> Jamie got You're going to litigate. Yeah, I think I could win. Uh, so uh, apparently uh, we set the station back with our scheduling and that played a role in BK and Ferrari being late, and then the fast lane being late. And they were still dealing with it, playing catch-up at 545 last night here on 101 ESPN. I, I couldn't be sorrier. I, you know, I went back there and talked to Anthony and Marshy Marsh and the aforementioned Jamie Rivers before their show, and there was no mention of any of that. Well, so. maybe they weren't aware of how we had destroyed the clock earlier in the day. Right, and I hope that's the case, because if they're going to not say it to me, but then say it on the air... What does that say for uh, the integrity of the fast lane? Three guys I love, by the way. But you're calling out their integrity on the air in a stunning move. I'm questioning it if they were aware of it when I was back there, you know, shooting the breeze, talking about these Redbirds. Okay, fair enough. You go back there and you educate them on the Cardinals? I give them, you know, my thoughts on their plan for the day. You know. Oh, is that right? When they're putting their show together. Yeah. Yeah. And I just encouragement, really. I'm a real glue guy around here. No, I agree with that part. You know, I'm, uh, I'm kind of the like, straw that stirs the drink. You're the Reggie Jackson 1970s 101 ESPN 2023s. Kind of the Udonis Haslam. You know, I'm on the roster, but I'm basically a coach. Guys, I believe Little Piddles versus uh, Big Rivers needs to be a charity boxing match. That's from the 714. Jackson, are you interested in that? This might surprise people, but I've never thrown a punch in my life. So. I think it's really going to surprise people. Yeah, so I don't know. I would need some some training. I need about six months in the lab to get ready uh, 
to fight a former NHL enforcer. But uh, again, not scared. Just telling you what I need to do to get ready. Okay, so you are going to consider it. You just need six months in the lab. Back to the lab again, yo. Right, I'll have to see what the purse is, you know. It's got to be worth your time. Right, you know. Fair enough. I will have the audio of the fast lane uh, casting aspersions, candidly, of this award-winning one-hour midday radio program. Oh, is it in? Uh, yeah, just give oh, me a moment. Mike Ryder. Yeah, he's omnipresent. I'm telling you. Uh, and then we also have the Lil Piddles Friday Six Shooter. And now there's a sponsorship on the Lil Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Businesses around St. Louis knew that if they wanted return on investment, they needed to invest in the half and half, the sports business journal review, and perhaps the crown jewel of these nitwit segments the Lil Piddles Friday Six Shooter and a business has without question jumped on board and that business is the Angry Beaver, a cocktail lounge, a speakeasy even in downtown St. Louis. Yep. Stay tuned. August 1st, baby. That's when it's all going down. Get ready. Angry Beaver. They know, they, they just know. We have the audio, by the way, of uh, Jamie Rivers. I understand. Talking that smack. I know. I've been doing this for a couple decades, baby. You're with <laughs> one of the greats. Just let me get you home. The light's at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> And then you can go out golfing. <laughs> Don't transition on me, baby. Right, exactly. <laughs> no doubt. I'll captain this ship. Yeah, listen, I mean, the, the Friday Six Shooter, all the questions, it gets the people going. Uh, you know, yesterday, uh, on Monday, you endeared yourself to the audience by talking about how you were able to grind through 18 holes in mm-hmm. warm conditions at Ann Briar. Mm-hmm. I imagine you are playing today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The weather is beautiful. Well, it's temperate. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like, you know, not a cloud in the sky, but it's temperate. Are you worried about your conditioning to be able to get through riding all 18 holes? Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Because now it's it's. Because I think a guy who can ride 18 holes is ready to fight Jamie Rivers in a charity boxing match. Yeah, you know like the Rocky montage of him running in a sweatsuit through Philadelphia? (laughs) That's me riding in a car in Waterloo, Illinois. And then at the clubhouse, I do the whole little dance thing that Rocky does. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the audio. For the first time, we're hearing it. And uh, and Jackson has already uh, contacted uh, counsel to uh, represent uh, Balloon Party LLC. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? From the 636, in reference to your 203 time check from Clarkson Jewelers, these fast lane guys are never on time. Well, Jamie, you want to take this one? Hmm? Why are we never on time? I don't know. <laughs> what? Why do we start the show at 2.03 instead of 2 o'clock? Probably because the show before us goes too long. There you go. <laughs> and it probably not even them. It probably starts back with the balloon part. Probably. I feel like sometimes Timmy Mack and, and uh, Piddles, they get into a segment at about 10.58. They do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last segment of the show, 10.58. Yeah, it was like, there was We're one time. We're taking it up to 11. It was yeah. like 10.57, and they were talking about like Piddles hot takes or something. I was like, All right. Wow, what? Yeah, good call on that. So, um, sorry. Uh, not necessarily on us, though. Wow. <laughs> Jackson, you have retained counsel, and it's, it's the Pills Hot Take segment that sets the station back. Right. I would love to go into like a diatribe about how wrong they are and how these guys have no class, but 
yesterday we did start our last second at 10 15 and, and and the most impressive part about it was had i not glanced down at the desktop computer monitor in front of me i would have been like no i got 10 minutes i can go here and i just go holy crap it's 10 59 i guess we'll wrap it up yeah i mean yeah it's tough but fair i have oh. to say um but it seems like they've been holding that information in like this is something they've wanted to say and then yesterday was the opportunity to say it so i'm gonna again question the integrity wow and marsh and you hang out is sometimes oh interesting i feel like yeah. i gotta i got i picked it's up like a bi-quarterly it's like mm-hmm. a bi-quarterly sesh um but they're always great and everyone's invited you know it's not like oh a, is that right it's not just like i felt like rocky was invited but tanner's not that's the, that's the sense i got and i feel like we're starting to see clicks develop here at the radio station it's not like and i don't a, think that's healthy for the room no it's not um it's not like a play date where like you know only us two are like scheduling to hang I think, well, you know, soccer game on. Hey, let's all go check it out. Sure, why not? Get some cold pops. The first 15 minutes of balloon party is so annoying. <laughs> In what regard? Yeah, I mean, you got to be more specific. There's a lot of options. It's a waste, last, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, please. Of time. So I now turn on the radio for that hour. Turn on the radio for that hour. I just read what they put in the prompter. Yeah. All they do is talk about themselves. <laughs> As opposed to... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's is, I got about two decades of doing that. Yeah. And what is the name, and what and what's his name is so condescending? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a that could be either of us. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my brand. <laughs> but I didn't go to Ledoux, so yeah, either one true. of us is live. It's tough, it tough to listen to. Yeah. I don't think this guy's in our demo, to be honest. Just right. kind of picking up reads. It's tough, though. Bring back Chris Kerber for that hour, please. Go F yourself, San Diego? Oh, nice. He was great last week. Uh, that's from Don Arling, realtor. What's worse, ending a sentence with, uh, or like a long paragraph like that with, uh, or starting out with, um? Uh, I actually think the latter. Yeah, it's really rough. Um, yeah. The Cardinals played the Cubs last night. Mm, Jordan Walker, um, get him in the lineup up higher, maybe in the third or fourth I really spot. did notice last night when he was hitting eighth, I'm like, that's kind of surprising. Right. I mean, a guy with power like But he like had that. been struggling in July, so I understand. Yeah. In that sense, but Nolan Gorman had been struggling in June, and it's not like he dropped down to eighth. No, he didn't. Hell, I don't know. They're just winning ball games, Jackson. Yeah. And if you're interested, throw $100 on it, and guess what happens when they win their 12th world championship? We fin to be rich. $12,500 is what you will be paid for $100. Yeah. Now, when they win the National League pennant, you put 100 on that, you win $8,000. But the market has shifted substantially on the National League Central. It is now down to 1200 so it was priced perhaps at its peak, two thousand last week. Yeah, I'd be because surprised. the Cardinals are coming. Trala, trala. Jack Flaherty on the mound today. I'd be surprised. I mean, it's so much based on what's going to happen at the deadline, but I don't know if the odds are going to get any better than what they were just a few weeks ago before the All Star break. Well, last week when I saw it at two thousand, I'm like, I already got a couple units on it at plus eight fifty at two thousand. If I still believe, right? Why not? Like, just you can throw even a smaller number on it and. But now, I don't know. Now I don't know if the value's there, so probably going to avoid it. Jackson's going to avoid it. All right, fair enough. There it is. Hey, uh, we have value because we have a little Piddles Friday six-shooter coming your way. Uh, we are already off the clock by four minutes. Uh, so maybe we'll have another one of those one-minute final segments again today. Yeah. I have no idea what, what is in store for me on the sponsored 
Lil Piddle's Friday six-shooter. The business community in St. Louis, they gathered around and had a bidding war for the six-shooter. And one company was lucky enough to have the liquidity to acquire it. And that's what we've got now for you. The Lil Piddle's Friday six-shooter sponsored. Yeah, that's right. What do you feel now, St. Louis? Can you feel me? Uh, his pills. He's spreading his wings. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on 101 ESPN YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A Friday tradition unlike any other. Let's spin the chamber for the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Presented by the Angry Beaver, a couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddles for $5 off any pizza. Wow, mention Piddles? That's right. I mean, if I walk into the Angry Beaver Mm -hmm. and I say, Piddles sent me, that is essentially the equivalent of a $5 bill. I, that's absolutely right, Tim. You are currency now. Yep, yep. Little little Abe Lincoln is what they call me. Little Lincoln. Little Abe. Me and Daniel Day Lewis. Wow. What yeah. a moment. What a moment. Right. Isn't it, this is this is like a real watershed moment, not only in my career, but in the history of St. Louis and the sports media landscape. Right. Now, I agree. This will be on the timeline. Well, uh, congratulations, Jackson. You are now worth $5. Right, but compound that with the millions of listeners. Right. You know, I'm... Very liquid. All right, let's do it. The Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter here on Munganess. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota's Balloon Party. Come on into the YouTube chat. Now, the water is, is really warm today. It's comfortable, though. It's comfortable. Extremely comfortable. I'm wearing a tank top. Under Yeah, under that uh, shirt that's protecting your baby blues. It's correct. Accentuating. Yeah, very cute. All right, uh, this is actually, this first question is something that I talked with Jamie Rivers about in the 101 ESPN Sports This office. is before the litigation. Yes, this was when they could have told us that our time management was poor uh, when I was in their office yesterday. Wow, now you're calling them cowards in addition to questioning their integrity. There's going to be a scrap here. So the, uh, the base of this, what led this conversation, the catalyst, I would say, was me asking or saying, you know, do you have faith in the Cardinals front office to evaluate talent or develop talent in young players because they've proven time and time again that that can be somewhat of an issue for them? And he raised the point saying that, you know, I think that's kind of a, a take that's like a, a narrative that isn't based totally in reality because you look at guys like Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, even Brendan Donovan, they've done a, a, a very good job of developing. So my question is, do you think it's so, somewhat of a dogmatic is that a word dogma take i'll call it dogmatic in... just that... got a text that angry beaver canceled <laughs> the cardinals cannot develop talent and have bad evaluation of young players there are certainly examples of the cardinals losing out on young guys who flourish elsewhere but they also have some guys raking here or have raked at the major league level was the do you think that that is one of the most dogmatic takes that you've heard throughout this rough 2023 cardinals campaign i don't know if the use of Dogma is necessarily appropriate. And I love discussing dogma. Probably mm-hmm. not on this particular show. This would be more Tim McKernan show podcast land. But I would say what Jamie Rivers, I believe, and I don't want to speak for him. Right. And I don't I'm not like trying to like say like this was Jamie's take. But Destroy. perhaps false narrative is what he's saying. And right. Maybe it's a false narrative. Right. I think the most legitimate criticisms of the current Cardinal administration and whenever you would want to start your criticism, which for me would be 2016, 
I think the two that actually are most inaccurate uh, is, and in, in this this will be incredibly unpopular, but obviously I'm not really here to be popular. Sure. Uh, but I'm here to be honest, is that they don't spend money. And, and I know that's the wallet and the whole thing, but th- if anything, they have spent it so poorly that it has backed them into corners. Uh, and, and, and it's something I just want to drive home, and I want to keep pointing this out. In the last 12 years, if we go back to October, I guess probably December of 2011, they were trying to pay, pay Albert Pujols something that would have been disastrous for the franchise. Now, I realize the last three months of last year were incredible, but the Cardinals would have been paying him for 12 through 21 in addition to 22, and you would not have gotten proper return on that. So they dodged a bullet, and they were going to spend more money than they've ever spent before on Albert Pujols. Then they were going to spend more money than they'd ever spent before on Jason Hayward, Mm -hmm. and Hayward chose to take less to go play on the north side of Chicago. And then they were going to spend more money than they've ever spent to get David Price in addition to pick whichever contract you would like to pick where you go, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. And there are a few over the last five years. Uh, or I guess you go back to 2016 if you want to start with Fowler, uh, where you go, oh, my God. Or Mike Leake, if you want to go back to that one. Or Brett Cecil, if you want to go to that one. Or one of our newest friends of the feather, Wilson Contreras. Right. So with that all said, I feel like that is a false narrative, especially for the size of St. Louis relative to other markets in Major League Baseball. So then you have that. I would say uh, another false narrative is that they don't develop talent. I think it has been their evaluation of the talent inside of the organization that they are willing to part with versus willing to keep. They have chosen the wrong guy they have developed. I think a fair one would be going outside the organization and bringing in pitching. That's been a debacle. And then also uh, developing as of late, as of late, pitching. But I, I do feel like there are things that just become either message board or social media truths that just get repeated and you know they're safe to say and you're looking for a friend online because it hasn't worked out for you socially or personally or professionally and you've crowded yourself around others who have the same lot in life and they're going to like the take because it's safe. When in reality, if you look at it, it may not necessarily be what's going on. Um, I would say the organization has spent money irresponsibly, Wilson Contreras being the most recent one that we can point to and unnecessary and could be an albatross for the organization, considering you're going to be paying a guy who probably won't be playing catcher at 34, 35, 36, $18 million a year to be your catcher. And uh, and as Ben Fredrickson revisited this morning in his column, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, he, that there are rumblings that they're going to revisit him and catcher again this offseason, a possible change of position. So you have that, but you can go to Dexter Fowler. Uh, and keep in mind, Dexter Fowler was signed after the Cardinals were proclaiming they had their outfield. And their outfield at that time, do you remember? Would you like to name those outfielders? I know I've put you to the test on this before. Tommy Pham. Yes. Randall Gritchick. Yes. Stephen Piscotti. Very nice. Very nice. And that's how Fowler arrived, yeah. because those guys didn't work out. And why is Zach Gallen with the Diamondbacks via the Marlins? And why is Sandy Alcantara with the Marlins via the Cardinals? Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna. Why? Because those guys didn't work out. And then you were at the point where Dexter Fowler didn't work out as a leadoff hitter and the outfield was not producing enough. So now you felt like you need a middle order hitter because the other three hadn't worked out. And so we keep going through this circle. And then it was Dylan Carlson who was going to be the guy. And Dylan Carlson at this point is being talked about like it's relatively safe to say he's on the trade block. If not, he's going to be traded. 
Tyler O'Neill is expected to be traded. Yeah. Well, he was being talked about as a long-term solution. He was the starting center fielder three months ago. Dylan Carlson was the guy. Uh, and, and so then you look around and you go, well, they do develop guys. They just go to other organizations and have success. So I would say the choice that they have made on who to keep and who to let go would be the criticism because you look at other players who were Cardinals going elsewhere and having success. But then you could say, well, they didn't develop here, and that's why they let them go. So I would understand where people are coming from with that with that criticism. Yeah, it's kind of a chicken and egg discussion, but it leads perfectly into my next question, Tim, because we talk about young guys developing and then who is and who isn't on the trade block. A person I uh, think shouldn't be is Brendan Donovan. To me, he's a guy who the Cardinals would regret moving. Where do you stand on possibly moving Brendan Donovan? Uh, the infield certainly, as we've talked about before, has a quote-unquote log jam. Where do you stand on Brendan Donovan possibly being moved to the deadline? Um, the, the tough thing on any of these conversations, really for me, with the exception of Wynn and Walker, mm-hmm. is that it's what do you get in return? Right, absolutely. And so if for whatever reason a team is salivating and willing to give you, you know, a major pitching solution for him, then that changes the tenure of the discussion. So I wouldn't operate on the premise of he is untradeable. Right. Um, but yeah, what what he is able to do, and keep in mind, he's not even able to play the field right now uh, offensively, and the versatility he provides along with Tommy Edmond would lead one to believe that he is somebody the Cardinals would not want to part ways with. But again, in order to get, you got to give. Sure. And so it just depends on what you know, another team would be willing to give to get him. I don't know if he would be as attractive right now because there is no timetable, as John Denton reported, for him to be in the in the field. Right. And so anybody who would be acquiring him for the short-term use of being a contender in 2023 would be acquiring him essentially as a designated hitter because he can't throw. So from that standpoint, I don't know if that makes sense for an opposing team unless they're looking at it as a long-term investment and a potential versatile bat off the bench. But again, he can't, for the short-term, play the field. Yeah, I, I think that you obviously have to listen to any offer. You know, you're a team who's... Yeah, fourth place in the NL Central right now. It's tough to be like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to take this guy off the off the field. But to me, Brendan Donovan's a guy, 26 years old, who can be just an absolute staple. He's versatile as all hell, and he's just a, a baseball player. Like I, I don't know, like you have him and Tommy Edmond, they very similar in their skill sets. I think if you have the option, you move Edmond way before you move Donovan. And I know some people might not like that, but I think even to other teams, as this like prototypical leadoff hitter with speed and versatility in the field, I think he might be, and the injury situation, he might be more attractive. For so. the record, Derek Gould's reporting when he was in Seattle for the All-Star game is he uh, spoke with other teams, not the Cardinals, and other teams were told uh, that he was not available when they inquired about Tommy Edmund. Now, that, that could have changed. I mean, that was a mm-hmm. week ago, but uh, that's uh, Derek Gould's reporting on that. And then uh, the last Cardinal question I have in this Friday six-shooter. Do you think over the next week or so we'll see the Cardinals showcase some of the guys who are candidates for being dealt, or do you think they'll put the best lineup to win in? Tyler O'Neill was in left field last night. Do you think a good week could significantly increase his value from the the injury-riddled last four or five years and being called basically a loafer in the beginning of 2023? But now with this win streak, are you putting guys out there to showcase them for trade possibilities, or are you trying to put the best lineup out there to win, or is it both? Uh, the fact that Tyler O'Neill was in there last night, I think, answers the question. Right. Simple as that. It's a showcase. Yeah. It's a showcase. Now, I think it's probably a short-term showcase, 
And that, to me, opens and shuts the case. And also he was hitting it at Jordan Walker. So from that standpoint, I think they're trying to showcase him and hoping they can get by with it because uh, that is the goal, I believe, is to ensure that he is proving he is healthy and ideally performing, and then the Cardinals can move him within the next 10 days. Right. That's what I think will happen. Yeah, and I think even more so than that, Jack Flaherty getting another start, that's, that's the one that like doesn't confuse me necessarily, but it kind of shows like, all right, because theoretically they could shut Flaherty down to the deadline and his value probably wouldn't change much. But him starting today makes me think maybe they do just want to go out there and win every day. And if Flaherty has another great outing, it only increases his value. And it maybe won't decrease it even if he has a bad outing. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting and something to look at for the next week or so. All right. We will take a commercial break. We have the second half of the six-shooter sponsored by Jackson Who? The Angry Beaver. You mentioned Piddles. $5 off. Wow. Right by the ballpark. That's good currency. It's absolute currency now. Uh, that's coming up here on the other side of our bottom of the hour break on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Second half of Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota Live on 101 ESPN and on YouTube, the 101 ESPN channel. Subscribe to it and uh, enjoy the magic of viewing uh, the radio program. Uh, Cardinal lineup out, Jackson, for today's day game in Chicago. Dylan Carlson, Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado. Those are your top three. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Wilson Contreras DHing. Mm. Tyler O'Neill has moved up the lineup to fifth. That answers my showcase question. Uh, and uh, Jordan Walker is up the lineup also, sixth. Good. And uh, Paul DeYoung is batting seventh and playing short. Kisner behind the plate. Jose Fermin will bat ninth and play second base. Okay. Um, Jack Flaherty on the bump. Yeah, uh, it's just so frustrating because you hear that lineup. You're like, you know what? That is a, that's like that's legitimately a good like on paper. That's a good lineup. Like, this is not a team that should be double digit games back. Like, this is not this is not it. Like, it's it's frustrating. This season, I would just describe as frustrating, confusing, so odd. But the Sunday charge is underway. We're in the midst of another great Cardinal comeback. Isn't it fun to relive 2011? Hello again, everybody. <laughs> you are so talented, Tim. Um, that off. Uh, yeah, the, their post all star all star break record as a franchise is like jarring. Like it's crazy how much better they get after the all star break. So this is honestly nothing new, but still, it's just like where were you in April? Where were you in May? Where were you in June? Because sitting in July, playing the comeback game and having the deadline be like the determining factor of what you're going to do this season is it's it's frustrating. 
Um, but again, I've been so lucky in my lifetime. This is the first time at 25 years old this is the first time I've truly ever seen something like this. Yeah. The Cardinals have been competitive at the very least. And in, in it, uh, I would say even in 2007, they're kind of in it, even though that wound up being a losing record season uh, for every year since 2000. So maybe, maybe the streak can continue, but it's going to require continuing to win at a ridiculous pace. All right, Jackson, uh, it is the Lil Piddles Friday Six Shooter presented by Angry Beaver. What do we have here for question number four? Well, a little sports media for you, Tim. Uh, we talked about it on TMA a little bit. Bob Kravitz wrote about his time at The Athletic describing the culture at the web-only sports media platform as soul-sucking. What did you make of Kravitz's sentiment, and what do you, where do you think the state of print media stands? Uh, well, I, uh, I want to say this in advance. First off, I would recognize that the vast majority of people in the audience probably aren't familiar with Bob Kravitz or what he wrote, but uh, he was a writer for The Athletic. He was let go. He had been at the Indianapolis Star for a number of years, and uh, The Athletic was cutting back. He was let go, and he wrote to the fact that the metric-driven did people click on your article? Did people subscribe because your article drove him up the wall and he was coming off open heart surgery and they demanded he drum up 400 new subscribers or he could lose his job? And that was during the pandemic as well. So uh, he aired his grievances on his new Substack page. Now, I don't know the merit of what he wrote. We can attribute it to it. So it's not like we're going anonymous sources or saying right. he wrote it. Um, I, uh, I always... Uh, live by this credo uh, Jackson and that is if you ever want to get dirt on somebody talk to an ex significant other or uh, somebody who is an ex employee and you will probably get somebody you will find to uh, complain no doubt so with that said um, you know just in general uh, I would understand uh, people wondering about the future of print I don't know how anybody couldn't um, and uh, the way that people can uh, get jobs now uh, or keep jobs is by writing or saying hyperbolic things. Right. And by that, I mean saying the most click generative thing, uh, whether that be via radio show, podcast, or their writing. And that's what I would say to anybody who is consuming media and may be concerned about the impact of media on take whatever element of life you may be concerned about. And I would point to this, and it's something that strikes me as obvious, but for whatever reason may not necessarily be, but I suppose since I'm in it and have been in it for 25 years and went to Missouri Journalism School, just like any other business, it's profit-driven. Mm-hmm. And if profit is a byproduct of hyperbole, if profit is a byproduct of sensationalism, if profit is a byproduct of exaggeration, then that is what you are going to get. And so nuance is not going to necessarily produce clicks. Uh, You know, somebody tweeting something out, you know, I understand some people say that the Cardinals should part ways with Dylan Carlson, but... You know, I think that there may be merit to keeping him, and here's why. I don't know how much engagement that's yeah, going to not get. Grabby. Dylan Carlson going could be the biggest mistake the Cardinal franchise ever makes. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. And so it just so every week there's a new greatest thing or worst thing yep. ever. But again, it's not limited to sports. No. It is uh, a business that at the moment, and really for my entire career, but even more so now, uh, is is going to be top heavy as far as compensation goes. And so you have 
uh, the scraps from the table uh, for you know the rest, and therefore uh, people will go and write things or say things that may get them rewarded with really nothing because then you fill your belly and, and you just have to repeat the cycle. But what it leads to is misinformation to the public uh, and or people's reputations being destroyed in the process. So uh, I'm really not a big fan of the whole thing, to be candid with you, Jackson. Absolutely. And that was good analysis on your part. And that's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, that it's question. good analysis. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Two more questions to go. Pew, 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 pew. Today is officially Barbenheimer Day, a day where two blockbuster films, Oppenheimer and Barbie, with opposite tones, are coming out. A great day in cinema, no doubt. Over the 365 day, or some years, 366, what is your best crossover day in sports? What's your favorite day where two sports are I playing at the same time? I was wondering where you were going with this. Yeah, what's, the, what's your favorite double feature sports kind of day? Because there's obviously days where all four North America, major North American sports and college play at the same time. And also- For me, I love that first, or is it second Sunday in April with the Masters because you have the Stanley Cup playoffs, yep. you have the NBA playoffs, and the start of the baseball season, and you have the start of, at least you should have, the start of warm weather. That is my personal high. Yeah. The yeah. Masters... The NCAA tournament is has wrapped up the weekend before, yep. but the Stanley Cup playoffs are usually starting a couple nights later, and oftentimes uh, the Cardinals are playing one of their first home games right around that time, or they have just played the home opener. And that is that is my sports euphoria. Now, I understand a lot of people love the fall, because if you are into baseball and the Cardinals are in the mix, you have October. First half of October in St. Louis is usually glorious weather. Uh, you have the start of the hockey season, you have college football, you have the NFL, you have the start of the association, and now this year you're going to have the dogs uh, go and uh, hoist the chalice. So that's going to be wonderful as well. So, and I agree totally with you on the beginning of April because that is a great time. It's it's almost all, the one I'm going to pick is a one year specific, and guess what? It has nothing to do with basketball, which you I think. World you, Cup? No. Uh, it was just, it was in 2020. Um, there was the Masters was played in November, and so you had college football and the NFL season on the same day as the Masters. Uh, that's just as good as it gets. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was really the Masters, so I didn't know him. And it, it, it had no fans, and there was a lot of differences, obviously. But to watch Total different golf course, right? To watch, and that, to and to be honest, though, it was interesting to see that because we never see that. You never see it played in the fall, so it was interesting in that regard but like just seeing the masters and then turning over and watching the nfl i don't know i really liked that so that was like that's my barbenheimer there it is jackson is looking forward to seeing barbie he has already seen oppenheimer and you have officially given it a review of uh good oppenheimer like i said it's a spectacle that all movie fans should go see wow what a what a what a what a critic's line a spectacle all movie fans should go and see it's I a like sprawling epic that. like in the the post-dispatch in 1985 talking about a film my mom have been there at that time no it would have been a few years later she would have been there 1989 then yeah i think she was there at that time all right final segment of balloon party and i think it's going to start before 10 59 today so we're kind of peacocking I, around i really here. like my last question oh so wow to deep tees coming up in the angry beaver lil piddles friday six shooter this is balloon party driven by Munganest, st louis hacker and alton toyota on 101 espn and on youtube on 101 espn Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Jazz, we got to get right to it. I mean, it's 1054. I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to give us five minutes to let our wings spread and fly like the eagles. What do we have on this final question for the newly sponsored Angry Beaver, Lil Piddles, Friday Six Shooter? You're so bullish on this on this question. I've written a lot of questions in my day, Tim. A lot. And mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you have, sir. Yes, you have. And this one, to me, is the one that they'll remember me for. Mm-hmm. Might be the most thought-provoking question I've ever asked. And I want you to really think about it. Okay. In your opinion, what is more important to a great sandwich, a good sauce or good bread? Wow. I want everyone to really let that one marinate for a second. It's perfect, the Angry Beaver sponsor. You can text in your answer, 314-399-9646. When you think of all your favorite sandwiches out there, what to you is what makes it so special? Is it the bread or is it the sauce? God, I don't know if I would call it the sauce, though. Any type of spread, condiment. Okay, uh, well, now, then that's... You know, kind of the... Then I'm going to go with the, the ladder. Then I'm going to go with the ladder. The bread. No, I thought the ladder was the sauce, but I just don't necessarily accept sauce, per se. Okay, the, the, the condiment, the spread, kind of... Uh, I'm going to say accoutrements? Accoutrement, but Thank then you. that could get into, like, less tomato. I'll say the lubricant. Whatever is, like, wow. whatever is like making that sandwich not dry. Mm-hmm. So if that's a sauce or a spread, you know, if it's cream cheese, God bless. Um, yeah, I think that off the top of your head, you're going to say sauce because it's so forward in your taste. Mm-hmm, you know, when you mm-hmm. bite into a sandwich, you're going to really taste it. But I think your subconscious, something that's not really active, is the bread. If a sandwich, if a good sandwich is on bad bread, it's no good. But it's I no just, I mean, how often do you get bad bread? Oh, I, you can get some bad bread out there. Good sauce can hide poor bread. Three one four. That's a good point. Good meat is one. Bread is two. M I Z. Nice. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got a mic drop from Stephen Wildwood, since I think your question isn't that good, actually. And we haven't played it? <laughs> look at the look on your face. <laughs> That's the look on your face if the door swung open and Jamie Rivers walked in. No, it would be my... Stephen Wildwood has left a mic drop. Uh, I, I, I haven't had a chance to hear it. What do we have here? Here we go. Yeah, baby. Six in a row. Here we go. Stop it! You be the guy who was pitching out there with the matching glove and shoes. He might as well have been holding a purse. And Bowtie, get on the damn phone and get Otani. O'Neal went one for two last night. Trade his ass for Otani. And what's with these guys overseas? The Open? You're really that arrogant? We whooped your ass 250 years ago. We'll do it again. You call it the British Open. If it wasn't for us... You would be Germany! Tired of it! Wow. So many things incorporated in, in one phone call. Geopolitical discussion, wonderful. World history, delightful. American history, fun. And also holding the Cardinals accountable for Shohei Otani not being here in exchange for Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I was going to ask a question about would you trade O'Neill for Otani? But I chose the sandwich. You chose question. the sandwich question instead because it's objectively better. You know, you ba- you, you've got so much credibility with me now that I was like, I can't wait to hear this question. You really built it up. You're like the guy who folds the small blind in front of the big blind, and then you then after doing it twenty times, he raises one time. You go, I guess he's got to have it. You bait and switched me. Mm-hmm. I no, I think this was like the, if maybe I've been 
disingenuous for our entire relationship because I, I, this mm. is like, this mm. is truly me. This question was an extension of me. This oh, is like the sandwich question. Was. Yeah. This is like my master's thesis. Like, w- and you believe it is bread. No, I don't know where I stand on it. That's what's oh, so wow. What a great conclusion. What a payoff flexing. It's cause it's the dichotomy of like the sauce is so forward in your mind, but then if it's bad bread, it's no good. And I don't even think people eat a sandwich. They're like, Oh, that bread was really good, but they know it was really good. Oh man, it's tough. There's St. Louis Starter Packs, which for my money is the greatest Instagram account in St. Louis, and I don't even know what's in second place in comparison, uh, had their best sandwich contest. Mm-hmm. Some people think you are responsible for that account. Right. Well, well you're not. not giving off any read not. until you said I'm not. I'm not right, I, I there, just, right there was the tell. Right, yeah, if you picked up on it. Very subtle. Uh, and, uh, and the winner, Gramophone. That's a great against sandwich. Against LeGrand's. LeGrand's is where we went grocery shopping when I grew up. It's a good. It, I, and now it's known for its sandwich, as it should be. I yeah. like the legend, and I like the Mississippi Nights Club at Gramophone. You can't go wrong with either one. There the legend go. is my favorite sandwich in St. Louis. How about that? And it's great bread. But yet you still pick the, the Gramophone when you released this this I morning know. on so crazy. Steel Starter Packs. Another great place with great bread. Uh, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next. I'm sure they'll carry over the bread versus sauce discussion. Uh, and then the fast lane. And, you know, they'll, they'll probably be served with our, our papers. Right. I, I'm actually planning, like, Seth Rogen and Pineapple Express. I'm going to, like, do a disguise and, and serve them. Right You're there. going to serve them. I can't wait for you to walk in and serve them. That'll go well. Right from the horse's mouth. BK and Ferrario are up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.